Metaxas Show with your host, Eric Metaxas. I'm really excited to continue my conversation with Mark Judge, uh, whose book, The Devil's Triangle, I have read. Uh, It is brand new. It's a crazy, important story. And I'm privileged to continue the conversation with Mark Judge right now. So, Mark, just continue from from where you left off. So, yeah. So this woman, Christine Blasey Ford, was making this accusation that uh, Brett had sexually assaulted her. There was sexual misconduct that kept changing and that I was in the room when this assault happened. And I had and have no recollection of this, which I said, I said, I have nothing to hide. Um, I've been sober for 28 years. If she wants to talk to me with the FBI or her parents or whatever, I'm happy to do so. I have nothing to hide. But the way they're going about doing this, something's weird about this because I don't remember this. Nobody we knew in high school remembers this. And here's something very crucial. You know, I kept receipts on this. When the Washington Post broke this story about Christine Blasey Ford on September 16th, the day before or that morning of, they sent me an email, Emma Brown, the reporter, and she said, Christine Blasey Ford said there were other people at this party. One of the other people she said at this party is named Leland Kaiser, who is a girl. Now, follow this bouncing ball. When the Post story is published, Leland Kaiser is not mentioned in the post story. Somebody leaks to the Wall Street Journal the email that Emma Brown sent to me. I didn't leak it. I don't know who did. And Kimberly Strassel at the Wall Street Journal said, why isn't Leland Kaiser mentioned in this story when Mark Judge and all the other guys you found? And the reason why is that Leland Kaiser wound up debunking Blasey Ford. Leland Kaiser wound up saying, I've never met Brett Kavanaugh. I have no recollection of this. I doubt this ever happened. She wound up telling the New York Times, you know, later, I doubt the story completely. So to, to distill it, the Washington Post withheld an exonerating witness when they broke this world shattering story. They, they, they withheld a witness that would have debunked it. And the proof is in an email that the Post sent to me. I don't know if you can follow that, but that's well, well, the, uh, well, I want to go back over this uh, again and again, because I want my audience to understand what happened. Um, folks, this is tough stuff. I mean, the idea, you know, lying, we know is wrong. <laughs> sexual assault, we know is wrong. Uh, accusing someone of sexual assault. Wow, that's huge. You destroy lives that way. So. You, Eric, excuse me for interrupting, but extortion is wrong. People were trying to extort me and Leland Kaiser. I was getting phone calls from a number in California, and I think we all know who it was, trying to extort me. And Leland Kaiser's friends from high school were saying she's a stumbling block. Somebody has to give her a talking to and we better do something and we better threaten her because she's had an addiction issue in her past. To, to back Blasey Ford or else. So I didn't mean to interrupt, Eric, but that's. Well, well, first of all, interrupt. I'm the only one that's I'm, as my audience knows, 
uh, I'm the one doing all the interrupting. Uh, it's hard for me to shut up because I want I want to be clear, but you're not interrupting. This is I want to hear you. But let me ask you, when you say you think we all know who it was in California who's trying to extort Leland Kaiser or you, who what do you mean? I don't know who we're talking about. Remember Avenatti? Michael Avenatti. Yeah. The creepy I can't porn. Prove that. Now, I, I can't prove that. All I know is I got a call on my birthday, September 24th. Very threatening, saying you like to F with people. I like to F with people, too. You better call me back. Um, I told the FBI. The FBI See, has the I the, part of the reason I'm inter- going to interrupt forever is because I forgot. You know, I, re- I read your book. I read every word of it, but I, I'm forgetting stuff. But obviously now I'm being reminded. So. You believe it was Michael Avenatti. Anybody familiar, if they read your book, uh, and again, the book is called The Devil's Triangle, but if they read your book or they know the story, they understand how involved he was and the players that were involved. But what you're telling me, Mark, what you're telling my audience is that you were basically threatened that you better play ball or we're coming after you. This woman, Leland Kaiser, and this is, again, crazy stuff. She's mentioned by Christine Blasey Ford as someone who was there at this this fictional, foggy, nobody remembers anything. And Leland Kaiser, as a woman of principle, does not go along with the story. And then the Washington Post doesn't mention that she's named. But by the way, she is not corroborated. They they leave that out. Correct. And there's an email from The Washington Post reporter, Emma Brown, to me saying Leland Kaiser was at this party. And several hours later, when the story was posted on their website, Leland Kaiser's not mentioned. Kimberly Strassel at the Wall Street Journal hears about this and tweets out. Her tweets are still there and tweets out to The Washington Post. Why did you leave Leland Kaiser out of this story? And The Washington Post never answered. And they left her out because Leland Kaiser said this is a bunch of garbage. So they left it. They left out an exonerating witness. It's like, you know, I saw Eric Metaxas rob a bank. And this woman was in the bank and said he wasn't even there. But we're going to post a story saying he robbed the bank and leave the woman out. It's it's that I I always have to register my incredulity in some level uh, on some level about the evil. I mean, the idea because, listen, when I turned on the TV and watched uh, Christine Blasey Ford give her testimony, I knowing nothing, uh, I often approach uh, things with with great ignorance, I thought. Well, I I guess this is true. It's hard for me, who am pretty innocent, to believe that somebody Mm -hmm. could lie so brazenly. There's something chilling to me. I've never I've never been around people like that. I don't spend time or I I would run from people like that. So she spins this tale in front of the world calculated to bring down this man who is going to be a Supreme Court justice. You're implicated in this. And you become collateral damage because you're not cooperating with these people, or at least you want to cooperate, but you're not doing what they want you to do. Correct. Yes. And it was it was very sinister. I mean, they set a honey, a sexual honey trap for me. They were trying to extort me. You know what it basically boiled down to is I was a pretty wild partier in the 80s, not as much in high school as more in college. And my drinking sort of got away from me in college. I stopped drinking. I returned to the church and everything. What I'm driving at is that they found me and they said, you know, here's this guy who had a wild youth. Let's tie him in with Kavanaugh 
no matter what, no matter what it takes, which is why Blasey Ford's dates kept changing. She went from, it happened in the mid 80s. Well, Brett's at Yale and I'm in DC. We're hundreds of miles apart. So how does it happen in the mid 80s? Oh, I'm at the early 80s. Oh, I'm going to cross out the early 80s and put 1981. No, it was the date kept changing. They were trying to put me and him together when, you know, my life was crazy and he was at Yale. So that's what they were attempting to do. And uh, um, uh, but so but were they saying that this happened while you were in high school? Because I'm again, I'm forgetting the detail. Yes, yes, they did happen. They said it happened in 1982 while we were in high school. But that's what they finally settled on. The date had changed three or four times leading up to that. If you look at the letters Bossy Ford wrote, one says the mid 1980s, one says early 1980s, and, and another said the early 80s. So the date kept changing. It's almost like they found me and they were fishing to try to put us together. And they finally settled on 1982 because, hey, these guys were in high school together. Um, that's my theory. Um, and what was so interesting, this reminds me of a number of years ago, you know, the Duke lacrosse story, right? Like it's what's so horrifying is we're all guilty of this, right? You hear a story and you go, yeah, that sounds about right. These, you know, these selfish privileged frat boys, you know, behaving in this way. We've all seen enough in our lives to go. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Here's the problem. You know, it didn't happen. Kavanaugh knows it didn't happen. Christine Blasey Ford, I believe, knows it didn't happen. But they said it's plausible enough that we can smear Kavanaugh. We can smear him enough to get him kicked to the side. We're going to just do anything we can. And your memoir where you tell the truth about your life, about, you know, becoming uh, an alcoholic and whatever, even though that's after the high school period, it's all plausible enough that they can kind of backdate it or they can make it seem like, hey, these are wild, wild guys. And this probably happened. They're not sure they remember it. Uh, and, and let's be clear, Mark Judge, they almost succeeded. Yes. Well, I mean, let's a couple things. One, I still don't know if something ever happened to her i know it wasn't us but who knows what was going on there but not only did they almost succeed eric to them this was an easy hit i mean laura ingram was reporting that there was almost laughter and jubilation on the plane ride coming to dc on blasey ford's plane ride because hey we found this guy mark judge you know oppo research is very good and i can get into how oppo research works but how it works is they were up researching us for six weeks. Um, and then and the book, the New York Times wrote about us. They mentioned a guy named Keith Kogler. And in the New York Times book, Keith Kogler is a friend of Blasey Ford. He's a lawyer. And the paragraph says, for the entire summer of 2018 leading up to this, I was investigating Mark Judge's videos, his writings, okay. his past. All right. Okay, you're that, this is that, all in the book. Oh, we're going to be yeah. back plenty more with Mark Judge. The new book is The Devil's Triangle. Don't go away. As hard as it may be for us to comprehend here in America, there are people in other parts of the world whose very lives are being threatened simply for believing in Jesus. In fact, people are being enslaved for their faith. Some have been in bondage for 25 or 30 years. If you've been listening for any period of time, you know I'm passionate about the work of Christian Solidarity International, a ministry that sets these captives 
free. There are hundreds of thousands persecuted and enslaved in the Middle East. Together, we can literally buy their freedom and save the lives of some precious brothers and sisters this Christmas, giving them the joy and hope that we celebrate freely. For only $250, you can provide life-saving aid this Christmas. You can buy a believer's freedom and provide them with much-needed food, a goat, and other goods necessary for their very survival. These are brothers and sisters who are enslaved and fearing for their lives. Just $250, maybe you can give more, maybe a portion. Every gift helps. Imagine buying a fellow believer's freedom. Call 888-253-3522, 888-253-3522. Christian Solidarity, providing life-saving resources for persecuted Christians for almost 40 years. 888-253-3522 or metaxastalk.com and click on the Christian Solidarity banner. Give someone the gift of their freedom for Christmas. Thank you. Folks, I'm talking to Mark Judge. The new book is called The Devil's Triangle um, with the sub subtitle Mark Judge versus the New American Stasi. That was the East German secret police. You're just telling us, Mark, how. They did extensive what you call opposition research on you to build this case. This is creepy that people would say, how do we concoct a lie? I mean, it's an amazing thing if opposition research is true. But you're selling there saying that they they tried to use whatever they could find about you to create a plausible story. And they figured we've got it where this is going to work. All we need uh, is somebody with the guts to lie in front of the whole world. And they found uh, Christine Blasey Ford. It's chilling to me. I, 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 I worry about people's souls that they would participate in this. I know they're they believe so strongly in abortion that they're almost willing to do anything. Um, but it's chilling to me, frankly, that these things go on. Yeah. And as I was saying, um, the New York Times, two reporters wrote a book called The Education of Brett Kavanaugh, and in it, they report on a guy named Keith Kogler, who was friends with Blasey Ford. And he said in the summer of 2018, for six weeks leading up to this, he was researching my writing, my videos. What I, they might have been physically tracking me. I don't even know. And the way OPPO research works, uh, the devil's trying with OPPO researchers, the media and leftist politicians. But OPPO researchers will will find everything about you from your birth certificate up to last week. And then they open the Bombay doors at the last minute and just dump it. And as one of them put it, 90% of my job is getting emotionally upset people to start talking. So they opened the Bombay doors and dumped all this on me. And because I know about the Stasi and I've been writing about this for a long time, I thought, I know what's going on. Every word you say is a shiv that they are going to plant right in your back. You know, if you talk, it's over because they'll twist whatever you say, even if it's, if it's the truth. And that's when I thought of this great movie, um, The Lives of Others, about the German Stasi. And I yeah. said, OK, you're, you're living the lives of other, others right now. And, and as we were saying before the commercial break, they thought it was going to be easy. They thought, oh, my God, we found this guy. He's going to knock over like a domino. All we have to do is get him down to the Senate and start talking. And I was just like Leonidas in 300. I said, no, no, you're not. You're not taking me to that monkey show. I'll die before I go to that monkey show. And I'm not going to say what I was thinking because it's vulgar. But you can imagine what I was thinking. Well, let me just say um, again, this is why 
your life became hell because you knew that if you did a lot of innocent people, a lot of naive, I should say, people, people like me would say, uh, OK, yeah, I, I will. I'll go in front of Congress. But you realized that it was intended not to get the truth out, but to just uh, further this narrative. So you were really clear that you were not going to do this. And that's when they decide to come after you. That's when they decide they've got to get you to do this. So what did they do? I'm trying to remember. Well, their anger and frustration just got more and more desperate. There's actually a clip of Michael Avenatti that's kind of funny, actually. On September 24th, my birthday, after I got that weird phone call, and he's in front of bank, a bank of microphones, and he's very frustrated, and he says my name 13 times in two minutes. We've got to get Mark Judge to do this. And it was just phone calls and emails and people bombarding me and just saying, you know, do it for humanity. You've got to do this. And it was a foregone conclusion that they thought that I would do it. And I said, you know, I, I'm not going to do it because I know what's going on. So and they tried to they tried to set up a honey trap, which is a weird story. I don't need to get into it, but that's a whole other thing. But it was just it was the media. It was creepy people following me around. It was an, an absolute tsunami. And it, it was hard to survive. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Well, I know. No, it, it was it was hell on you. And that's why. When when John Zmirak uh, was telling me about this, I thought, boy, I hope Mark Judge writes a book because this is we need to understand what we're dealing with in the United States of America. Folks, this is terrible, terrible stuff. We need to understand it's happening. Uh, it's wrong. It's evil. Um, and it's corruption. It's vile. But we need to tell the truth. And if. Real reporters, I mean, the people who used to be real reporters and journalists aren't doing this. If the Washington Post uh, and the New York Times are so, uh, so in line with this narrative that they want to tell that they will not tell the truth. We have to tell the truth in books and on radio programs like this. Um, Eric, uh, we're dealing with a Stasi. That's not an exaggeration. We're dealing with the American equivalent of the German Stasi. If you look at it that way, you'll be safe because you'll know what you're looking at. So the reporters are part of it. The, the politicians are part of it. It's that serious. So I, I urge your audience, watch the movie, The Lives of Others. That's what we're dealing with. I never did watch that movie. My mother grew up in East Germany. She watch escaped, it tonight. She escaped East Germany in 1951. Uh, I write about this in my own book, um, Fish Out of Water. But I know all about this. Many people know about this. It's real. But the idea that it has come to our shores, folks, uh, and it's not as if this never existed. But the point is that it, it, it's been on the increase and the collateral damage in lives uh, like yours, Mark, that they're trying to do this and they don't really care uh, who uh, whose lives are ruined, uh, whether it's Leland Kaiser or Mark Judge or whoever it is, they, they don't care. Uh, we're going to be back more uh, with Mark Judge. The book is The Devil's Triangle. Don't go away. But I always thought that I'd see you again. Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You gotta help me make a stand You just got to see me through another day 
folks. We continue our conversation with Mark Judge. The book is The Devil's Triangle, Mark Judge versus the New American Stasi. Mark, um, what was the publication date on this book? I don't remember. It came out very recently. It's brand new. About a week ago. Yeah, I think November 27th. So Okay, so it's, it's, it's obviously brand new. Have you done any major media, Fox News or anything along those lines? It strikes me that somebody like, uh, you know, Tucker Carlson would want to talk to you. But have you done anything like that yet? No, I think because we hit right over Thanksgiving weekend, people are kind of playing catch up. So we'll see. So what is happens. this the first in-depth uh, interview you've done on a national platform? Um, I talked to the spectator, the British spectator, and that was like a phone only interview. Um, but it would, did, I don't think it had the visibility of your audience. Well, it, it, no, the spectator is fantastic. I'm just anxious that the story get out, which is why I'm just, you know, uh, obviously excited to have you because this to me is just, it's unbelievable that this happened in America. And that's why I'm so thrilled. A lot of times things happen and people don't write books about it for 10 years. And I think this is not okay, folks. You need to understand what's going on. So it's called the devil's triangle. So let's, let's just keep going. Um, You were talking about Michael Avenatti, who is just, I mean, Tucker Carlson always refers to him as creepy porn lawyer or something like that. He is now in jail. Yes. Yes. And he, you know, put a, NBC News, put a client on that was accusing me and Brett of being at 10 house parties where gang rapes and drugging girls was taking place. And I, I don't I want to get her name right. Kate Snow, I think it is so at NBC. Put this on the air. I mean, <laughs> in other words, they accused you on NBC right. of being involved in multiple uh, sexual assaults. Let, let's of, be clear. Of, they, of, this is on television yes. on NBC. Yes. Yes. They, this is a major network accused and, you and Brett Kavanaugh of being involved yes. in something unbelievably horrific. Ten parties where gang rapes were taking place. And I'll, sh- I'll explain to you exactly how the media works. When the woman who making this accusation said to the NBC reporter, oh, I filed a police report. I thought, well, hallelujah, that's great, because nothing like this ever happened. There's no police report. And I said, please, media, descend on the D.C. police or Montgomery County police and and find this report because it doesn't exist. In order to go back through the files and find this alleged report costs a thousand dollars. Okay, Michael Avenatti wouldn't pay the thousand dollars. Jackie Collins, a reporter for The Los Angeles Times, paid the thousand dollars to try to find this report went back to talk to the woman making this accusation, and the woman changed her story yet again. She changed the year that it allegedly happened to 1980, which meant this happened when I was 14. So, Which meant it happened the year before you even met <laughs> right. Brett Kavanaugh. Right. So, so, so in other words, and then the reporter for the LA Times withdrew the $1,000 and said, I don't need to find her a police report anymore. And it's a tiny little paragraph at the end of her anti-Kavanaugh book. And I just thought, well, this is how they work. They drop the, the napalm and then they don't care what happens. And the same woman, Jackie Combs from the LA Times, who wrote this book, Descent, used as, wrote a, used, um, as a source a profile in the Washington Post of a guy named Mike Sachs. Mike Sachs is a writer who's written for Vanity Fair. He was profiled in the Washington Post, quoted in this Los Angeles Times book. 
talking about how wild Brett and I were as teenagers. The quote was, when these guys were drinking, all bets are off. Well, hold on to your hat, Eric. Mike Sachs has never met Brett Kavanaugh or Mark Judge. He has never laid eyes on either one of us. He didn't go to high school with us. He didn't go to any parties with us. He didn't go to sporting events with us. This guy has never laid eyes on us. And the Washington Post is quoting him in a profile talking about what we were like in high school. He's never seen us. It's, it's I mean, it's unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. There's a lot in your in your in your book that is like that, where I just thought the level th- that people would be willing to stoop to. It's so dark, you know, and, and it's not like a fun read in that sense. Obviously, I'm not recommending this because it's like a fun read. It's a dark, difficult story. Um, but people the who care about the, the 80s are fun. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, no, so, I shouldn't say it. There are parts of it that are fun, but I'm saying that. The idea, look, I'm I'm, uh, you know, in some ways I'm very innocent. It's hard for me to believe that people can behave like this because I was raised by a mom and a dad who didn't lie. They didn't pay. They they, they didn't lie. They paid their bills. And everybody we knew, you know, had this modicum of uh, honor and dignity. So when you when you encounter people who will do anything, uh, who care about power it's for people like me, and I think a lot of my audience. It's a chilling thing to realize can, that can this I ask kind you of two questions evil is out there. Yeah, can I ask you two questions? Yeah, are you a Christian? Uh, yes, I am. Do you believe in the demonic? Well, no. That that's what I'm saying. Like I know. So I know. Shouldn't, you shouldn't be incredulous. You shouldn't be incredulous when the demonic appears. You know it for what it is. Well, Mark, I mean, listen, let me be let me be clear. We've had many uh, discussions on this program about the demonic. What I'm really talking about is the idea that many of us in America have been so blessed that we have not seen much of this. And it's why we have been ripe for deception, because when the demonic and these evils uh, uh, come out, our first instinct, including my own foolishly, uh, is to say, oh, oh, it can't possibly. But, you know, that doesn't happen anymore. That's not happening now. So right. when when we see it, it's why I want people to know you and to buy your book, The Devil's Triangle. We need to face this, ladies and gentlemen. We need to understand, of course, today is no different than, uh, you know, East Germany or the Nazis or evil is real. And we've been so blessed that many of us have been fooled into thinking, oh, that doesn't happen here. People don't do that. Your story is a classic story telling, yes, it does. These people, many of them have gotten away with it. Uh, I don't know what Christine Blasey Ford is doing today, but it is absolutely chilling. It is chilling and it is demonic. And I'm not sure what she's doing, but, you know, as, as people frequently say, there's there's never been established any proof that she and Brett Kavanaugh ever even met. So um, the one thing I just remember is the Washington Post headline of a video that said Christine Blasey Ford crying at the Senate hearings. And I've cried before. You know, I had a cancer scare a few years ago. I cried when my parents died. And I looked at the video and as one of the commenters on YouTube said, well, there's no mucus and there's no tears. When you cry, you produce mucus and tears. And we I'm sorry, we've got to go to another break. We've got more with Mark Judge coming up. The book is The Devil's Triangle. Loving you 
Hey there, folks. I hope you're uh, enjoying my conversation with Mark Judge. Um, I Sometimes I have no words. Uh, we're going to continue the conversation in hour two. That's in a few minutes. Uh, and then after Mark Judge, we're going to be playing an encore of a delightful uh, interview um, that I did with Katie Miller. Am I getting that right? Yes, that's right. Yep. The, I heard the, the bells. Yeah. I heard the bell. Yeah. We won't we won't spoil it because uh but uh more with Mark Judge uh in, in the next segment. Uh, we conclude the conversation at least for today. Um Albin, I wanted to reiterate a few things. First of all, uh folks, uh, I I know you already know this, but we're doing a campaign with CSI. You can free a slave in the southern Sudan. This is real. Um, we were talking to Mark Judge about evil. I, I really think part of my my diagnosis of why we are where we are in America um, is because we have been so blessed that most of us forgot that there's this thing called evil. And God in his mercy reminds us. Uh, he reminds us now through the news of the day, the story uh, that I'm discussing and will continue to discuss with Mark Judge, um, what is happening in China right now, uh, what is happening uh, in this country increasingly, you realize evil is real. And I want to say that, um, you know, shame on us because the scripture is very clear. We, those of us who call ourselves Christians ought to know that evil is real. Um, and we have to acknowledge it. We have to step up uh, and, and fight it in prayer uh, and in our actions. And so I say this just because we're doing a campaign with CSI and they are fighting evil today by allowing us to join them in abolishing slavery in our time. We have slavery happening in Southern Sudan. Uh, we've talked about it on this program. Uh, m- radical Muslims have enslaved Christians. Um, it's, it's a monstrous thing. But the good news is that we get to join CSI in fighting it. So I want to encourage you right now, Go to our radio website, metaxastalk.com. You will see there at the top a banner. We want everyone who listens to this program to understand we have to do our, our part. So it doesn't matter what you give. It matters that you give. Uh, this is a really rare opportunity, folks, for us uh, to fight something along these lines. It's one thing to acknowledge these horrors. Um, and to say, my goodness, I, I don't even want to think that this is possible. But the, the good news is that there is something that you and I can do. So you have to go to metaxastalk.com. When you go to metaxastalk.com, you'll see the banner. Uh, and I just want to bluntly ask you to be generous. This is an amazing thing. I can't think of a more extraordinary thing to do uh, during this holiday season um, than to put your faith into action by yeah. going there. Yeah. Uh, and there's a there's the a phone number dot com. Go ahead. Yeah, and the phone number is eight, 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 two, five, three, three, five, two, two, eight, 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 two, five, three, three, five, two, two. Please be as generous as you can. Two hundred and fifty dollars will free a slave. But any portion of that will do will go a long way to getting people out of slavery. 
And and we know that there are people out there uh, who uh, who understand that we we have to do this, folks. We have to do this. CSI. I mean, there's not a lot of organizations like this that we can trust uh, who are actually boots on the ground doing this. It's unbelievable uh, what they can't do uh, is they don't have the money. They need us to help them. So we're just asking you to do that. And they do the rest. Metaxastalk.com. God bless you. Uh, final segment, folks, uh, with Mark Judge, the author of a brand new book, A Chilling Story, The Devil's Triangle. M- Mark, r- tell my audience again, because you referred to it a moment ago, w- when you say The Devil's Triangle, what, it, what are the three elements of The Devil's Triangle that you describe in the book? Uh, for me, it's the media, oppo researchers, and leftist politicians, and they all work together. And they have an A-game that puts to shame anything conservative, Scott, because they will oppo somebody for weeks or not months. They will leak the stuff to the media and then they will work with the leftist politicians. And, um, you know, the guy who's known as the grandfather of oppo research is named Ace Smith. His nickname is also Dr. Death, because when he walks into a room and a politician sees him, the politician starts quivering and babbling because Ace Smith is a sign of the oppo apocalypse. And um, who was this guy an advisor to? Hillary Clinton. Who did he work with? Hillary Clinton. Who did, I, who did I find a picture of him with in 2016? Kamala Harris. Who did Ryan Grimm from The Intercept say was working with more oppo researchers than anyone he'd ever seen? Kamala Harris. So these people are very good at what they do and they will blindside you and hit you when you're not expecting it. And I was lucky that I kind of knew what was going on. But for someone who doesn't, it's it's bad. It's bad. It's 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 a it's an undercurrent. It's an evil undercurrent that a lot of people don't really put together. Well, just you, you said it very quickly. So the three elements of the devil's triangle, that's the title of your book, are say it again. Opposition researchers the politicians and the media. Now, now the I don't understand what's the difference between when you say opposition researchers, number one, number two, politicians, number three, the media, who are these oppo researchers? Cause I, I'm not really clear on that. These are people that make a living digging up dirt. Do they only right. work right. for political figures? Who are these people? Right. They can be friends of the person. They can be professionals. I mentioned this guy, Keith Kogler, who's in this New York Times book. He said he was researching me the entire summer of 2018. Now, I can't prove this, but I think it's a pretty good hunch that, you know, he's talking to reporters. Those reporters are talking to politicians. As Ryan Grimm says in his book, when they went to Capitol Hill, when when Blasey Ford's letters still went there, he said, I had no proof that anything happened. I had no proof that these two kids even knew each other. However... He said reporters act like mosquitoes carrying the virus. And when I went up to Kamala Harris and said, hey, have you heard about this letter? She said, well, I'm going to talk to Diane Feinstein about it. He said, now I have my story. I don't have proof these two ever met. But the fact that she's talking to Diane Feinstein is a story. So they get it into the bloodstream. And quickly, 
there was also a term, the devil's triangle in our high school yearbook, which became famous during this whole thing. They were going through our high school yearbook talking about our slang. And the devil's triangle is a slang term, apparently, for sex with two men and a woman. Now, in high school, I had no idea what this meant. And a couple guys who wrote an official letter to Chairman Grassley said, well, the devil's triangle to us was a drinking game. It was three glasses. It was a drinking game. It had no sexual connotation. But the oppo researchers were using it as if it had a sexual connotation. So they were going through our yearbook, um, looking through this stuff. Let me just quickly say this very quickly. When the Christine Blasey Ford story broke on September 16th in the Washington Post, Eric, within two hours, there was a guy on local TV, a local TV station, going through our yearbook with an anchor, talking about the sexual slang in it, exaggerating it, making stuff up, talking about the drinking and stuff like that. How do you suppose this guy knew within two hours to go on TV of this story breaking? There had to have been some coordination there. These people work together. It's not paranoid to say that they work together. You know, it's fascinating to me. Um, I'm just, uh, I was just rereading uh, a famous speech given by Abraham Lincoln. He was a very young man, 28 years old uh, at the, uh, uh, I think it was the Springfield Lyceum. So he was 28 years old, but he gave a speech talking uh, about a number of things. And if you, anybody wants to know how brilliant he was, the idea that he could write a speech like this at age 28. Uh, but in it, he talks about mob rule. There, there, there was uh, a problem at that particular time in the United States where mobs, you know, was vigilante justice. Uh, mm-hmm. And he was saying, even if they, they actually get the right person, and even if a, if a court would have convicted that person and would have put that person to death, when a mob does it, you are destroying the fabric of society. And what you're talking about in this book, The Devil's Triangle, is precisely the same thing. It's the same principle. It's when people say we're going to go outside the system to get somebody because we know that person is guilty. There are people thinking it's the classic rush to judgment. It's the classic you know, guilty until proven innocent, everything that is, it's the acid to destroy America. It's the acid to destroy civil society, uh, rule of law. And that is what we're seeing, ladies and gentlemen. And that is what was in play. It's in play in many cases. But in your case, Mark Judge, as you tell in the book, The Devil's Triangle, that's exactly what was going on. They thought, we're just going to get you. We're going to create the hysteria. You're going down. Kavanaugh's going down. Uh, and Roe v. Wade will never be overturned. Yes. And I want to recommend a great film to you and your audience. It's called Panique. It's a French film from the 1940s. And I wrote a piece about it for First Things magazine. And the title of the piece is The Ecstasy of the Mob. And the film is about exactly what you're talking about. It's about how people become wolves in an atmosphere of suspicion where we're going to accuse this person without any proof. But in the case of Panika, it was a Jewish person. So we're just going to scapegoat and blame this person. And the entire town becomes absolutely madly feverish to destroy this person when he's totally innocent. And that movie was re-released in the Criterion Collection in 2018, right after all this happened. And there's a piece called The Ecstasy of the Mob I wrote in First Things. And it's what you put your finger on, Eric. It's it's. What Kafka talked about, you know, do civilizations and people really evolve and become more perfect and more intelligent or do they not? Is there still the werewolf inside of people that let stuff like this happen? Um, 
and it's 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 awful that it does and it is a threat to democracy because if we don't have due process we're, you know we're again it's east germany it's where your mom grew up if, if we do away with due process i mean ima- eric imagine if they had gotten away with this imagine if brett kavanaugh's life had been destroyed over this imagine that precedent Every single person up for a Senate seat or a judgeship, oh, he sexually assaulted me when we were 14 years old. I don't have any proof, but let's create this maelstrom and destroy this person. That would have been the precedent. Well, you do the right thing. Mark, we've just got 25 seconds left. Is there any particular place people can find you? Is there, I mean, online, is there a place people can look? Um, Yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter and a bunch of other places. Um, I did take a bit of a financial hit over this whole thing. So if they buy my book, that would be awesome. They'll be getting a good story in return and, and God bless them. And thank you. Yeah. Quick thing. We always complain about Hollywood and being too liberal. Somebody needs to make a movie out of this book. That's how we fight back. So thank you. Amen.